This will be our twelfth message in the series, We Are. The title of this message is, We Are Always Confident. Confident, convinced of, fully assured, without any suspicion, being of good courage, being cheerful about, and being firm in our purpose. We are always confident. Now, the text I'm going to reason on is 2 Corinthians 5, verses 4 through 6. And we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall be not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. He that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, always convinced, always fully assured, always knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Now, notice how many references there are to we and us. We know. We have a building of God. We groan. Our house, which is from heaven, we would be, we would not be unclothed. We that are in this tabernacle, he that wrought us for the self-same thing, the earnest of the Spirit is unto us. We are always confident. Now, when I read this, I sense how zealously you must avoid what I have called textual assumptions, textual assumptions, that when you read we, us, our, you assume that includes you. Well, it's not that simple. You have to prove your own selves to see whether you're in the category of we, us, our. Mm -hmm. This is not to be taken for granted. Textual assumptions. Now, I once thought this way. Every time I read we, that includes me. I read our, that includes me. Yeah. I read us, that includes me. But see, the Spirit isn't speaking in generalities. No. The Spirit is speaking specifically with a particular focus. There is a real body of people mm -hmm. that are classified as we Amen. and us and our. Mm -hmm. 
So let's examine that with this in mind, and you prove your own self to see whether you're included in this. Does this describe you? That's all you have to think. Have you ever thought this way? Well, I know that there are, I don't know whether it was a time when I had never thought this way. Well, when I was a Christian, have you ever thought this way? If you haven't, can project yourself into this text and see, does it sound good to you? Yes. Does it sound like something you want? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a pretty good indication it applies to you. Yeah, amen. So let me read it once again with that in mind. Mm -hmm. For we know mm -hmm. yeah. that our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, mm -hmm. earnestly desiring to be gold upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. He that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident. Mm -hmm. Very, very meaningful. Now, he's talking about the resurrection body. That's the subject under consideration. We have a house not made with hands. That's a resurrection body, eternal in the heavens. It's there, it's there now. It already exists. It's there now. Now, with that in mind, I want to focus on a statement made by Jesus that has been grossly distorted. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Many in my Father's house, singular, are many mansions, plural. That doesn't mean many castles. And it mean many temples. We're categorically told there's one temple. We're categorically told us there's one temple. These many mansions are the resurrection bodies. That's what they are. They're not a plush dwelling like people have down here. It's not it. Jesus said of those that overcame to show that, to confirm that he's not talking about an individual building for each person. Mm -hmm. In my Father's house, if anyone overcomes, he that overcomes, I'll make a pillar mm -hmm. in the temple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's one temple, I'll make a, a pillar. I'll not give him a temple, I'll make him a pillar in the temple. And he'll go no more out. I'll write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God, and I'll write upon him my new name. And I, I, saw, no, I saw no temple therein. So this isn't, this isn't individual temples or structures. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. We have a building of God. 
that is a resurrection body yeah. into which we will fit. Amen. Amen. In this body, we groan. That's right. It's not, it's not a griping groan. It's a groan of anticipation. We want something we don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that's in reserve for us. Who hasn't felt the urge, the longing for a body that wasn't battling against you yeah. all the time? Yeah. Well, we have such a body yeah. in heaven waiting for us. Mm-hmm. We have a building of God. Mm-hmm. And there's a desire for, a desire for this. From the one point of view, it's being displeased with the capacity and ability of our present bodies. They just can't do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. We'd like to fly away and be at rest, but these bodies, this body can't do that. You have to do that within. <laughs> yeah. But you've been made for that within to have some place eternal to dwell. Amen. The Lord's going to change our vile body. It's a sinful body. This body is prone to sin. Mm -hmm. One hymn writer said, prone to sin, Lord, I feel it. This body wants to sin. Lusts Mm -hmm. are because of this body. Temptations are because of this body. All sin mm-hmm. has to do with this body. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You just, you just think through this yourself, and I don't mean instantly now. Spend some time thinking about this and see if you can't trace every aberrant desire, every inordinate lust, every wrong ambition, every bit of pride is ultimately traced back to this body. It hasn't been redeemed. But there's a body waiting for you. Wretched man. Now let's put it in words. Paul put it in words for us so we can actually express this intelligently. Oh, wretched man that I am, not inside, but where I'm living. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? This body has a downward... It it pulls you toward the grave. Mm -hmm. Pulls down. You've You've got to take charge of this body. I know that a lot of believers, they don't do this. They give in to their body. If it's a little inconvenient little uncomfortable. They give in to the body. Mm-hmm. Well, there's sometimes the body likes captured you and you're on a sick bed, but you don't have to, in your spirit, you don't have to, you, you don't have to go along with that. That's right. Wretched man that I am. Well, how many times I pray this and then the older you get, the more you, the more you pray this. Yeah. To be delivered from the, this body that's going to die. See, this is a body that's going to die. 
you're, you and Christ aren't going to die, and here's some a personality that's not going to die, dwelling in a house that is going to die. That creates a remarkable tension. You have to fight to overcome that, Amen. overcome that tension. But he adds in this text, we're confident. Uh -huh. This is not a hopeless situation for us. Amen. Sometimes it seems like it's hopeless, hopeless because it lasts your entire life. As long as you're in the earth, no matter how long ago you were born again, as long as you're in the earth, yeah. you've got this condition. That's right. So we're willing to be confident, absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord, and we're convinced this is going to happen. Now think to yourself, during the duration of your life in Christ, how much have you actually heard from the pulpit about the resurrection of the dead? Or about being made for the resurrection of the dead? I can tell you, I know, you don't have to answer me. You may have heard something. I'm not saying you haven't heard anything, but it's not been anything very much. Not at all. But see, that's the theme of this chapter here. It's the fifth chapter of Second Corinthians. I'm willing to be absent from the body. Now, if you can honestly say that, and again, I go back to this textual assumptions. Don't assume because that's written there. Don't assume that's how you feel. You examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. You've got to prove to your own self. You don't have to prove it to me. You don't have to prove it to God. He knows already. You have to prove it to yourself. This is me. And when you do, there's a peace that will settle down upon your heart, upon your soul. Well, knowing this, that I'm dwelling in a, what Mr. One said, what a house of clay, mm -hmm. a clay pot yeah. that has an everlasting treasure in it, yeah. an earthen vessel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Mm -hmm. The world doesn't do that. It doesn't take something that's precious and put it in a breakable vessel or a porous vessel yeah. or a vessel that's weak. But here, God's done this. Right. This is something God's done. Amen. That's why we can't complain about it. We have to yes. adapt to this condition because the salvation of God, the edification of the saints, the Holy Spirit, faith, hope, love, it's all with this in mind. Yeah. Right. That you're dwelling in something you're anxious to get out of. Yeah. Not just to get out of, but into the new body. So in view of this, let us draw near. Mm -hmm. that you, you can only do this in your spirit. Yeah. You can't do this with your body. Mm -hmm. Let us draw near with a true heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is really what we want to do. See, you can't draw near mechanically. Yeah. Amen. You can't draw near to God externally. You have to draw near to God in your heart and in your mind. Amen. And what, what that simply means is that God dominates your thinking and dominates your affection. Mm -hmm. That's how you draw near. Mm -hmm. 
by culture and this appetite for God, appetite for truth from God, appetite for approval by God, appetite for help from God. You culture that kind of appetite and you'll learn by experience, just as surely as I learned it by experience, the more you get involved with things that are limited to this world, the less this will happen. This is true. I'm telling you the truth. The less this will happen. This is why people who once embraced the truth fall away. They neglected what their spirit was telling them to do. And they caved in and did what their body told them to do. Now here's a word that takes this into consideration. Some of our brothers and sisters in Christ are in prison. They're bound. The old times, they, they not only put them in prison, they bound them in prison. Paul and Silas went to prison and then they were, they were chained up in prison. Beside being in prison, they were chained up. Hand and foot. Remember them that are in bonds. There's a lot of our brothers and sisters in this world that are in prison. Yeah, that's right. yeah. mm -hmm. As bound with them. There's a woman songwriter that talked about her soul being in the bars of bone. <laughs> she, she touched on something there. We're bound. As those that are bound with them, we're hampered too. They're like double hampered. They hampered with his body, and then they're hampered with the prison. They're bound doubly, double, doubly, the double chain. So remember them that are bound, and them that suffer adversity, because within you're suffering adversity too. You're battling against the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. That all has to do with this. See, so you can you can have some empathy for people that are physically experiencing what you're experiencing internally. Yeah. Amen. So for those of adversity as being yourselves also, being in yourselves also, mm -hmm. here's the commonality between those that are suffering in prison, suffering in adversity, they're in the body, we're in the body, mm -hmm. so we can Empathize. Uh, yeah, empathize with them. That's why you have to maintain a proper view of this, because if you're not, this friction this between your spirit and your body can wear you out, make you complaining, yeah. cause you to lose hope. See, it can work against you. If you don't see it right, it'll work against you. That's right. And then the psychologist will come along and tell you, well, that's the distress you're under, great stress. That we got some medication that can quiet, quiet yeah. you down. See? Yeah. see? Mm -hmm. And the world has its answer to this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But their answer makes you nuts. Mm -hmm. It does. Psychiatry makes people crazy. Mm -hmm. And people that, that I know personally, people this experienced, have experienced this. The remedies of the world made the situation worse. Not better.
to Paul's writing. Incidentally, when he says, we and us and our, when those words are used, he's not talking about himself alone. He's not talking about him and the rest of the apostles. I don't know of any text where the apostle gathered all the apostles into one and said, this is how we think. The we is everyone that's in Christ. The us is everyone in Christ. The our is everyone in Christ. No one in Christ stands on their own. Even the apostles don't stand on their own. Now the role of confidence here, this kind of confidence we're talking about, we have Ephesians 3.12, we have access to God with, with confidence. Yeah. Now, there are people that grope for God. See, they, they grope. We're not groping. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to find God. We have access. We, we have... Don't, again, go back, go back to this, this editorial view textual assumption if you don't have confidence then don't imagine that this refers to you say this is what I want that's how you approach this if this isn't what you have but you want it like the song says tell it to Jesus ask for it ask for it ask for confidence and assurance You'll find this similar request peppered all through the Psalms. So we have bonus with accident, access with confidence. Philippians 1 6, I'm showing this confidence factor here. We are confident, the text said. Being confident of this very thing, he which hath begun a good work in us. And you will perform it until the day of Christ. Now it's one thing to know that that's the doctrine. Said, yes, that's what the apostles taught. Well, it is indeed what the apostles taught. But the we includes you. Do you, are you confident that what Christ has started out in you is going to be completed? It's not likely to be completed independently of that confidence. See? Now, these are something that we must challenge each other in these areas. Yeah. Not take for granted. Not say that this is what the Bible says we do. Well, this is what the Bible says we do. That That's true, but you've got to determine whether you're in the we or not. Now, Hebrews 3.6 says, Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we. There's that we. Now now comes the time for self-examination. Whose house are we if, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Now, almost invariably, in the Christian world, confidence is referring to now. 
And we're confident at this present time, we're, we're confident, and it's generally because we belong to the right church, we've adopted the right creed, we believe the right things. But this um, holding fast the confidence is connected with rejoicing. <laughs> so you examine yourself. Am I rejoicing in the Lord? Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. See, well, this confidence enables, it wakes up rejoicing. Yes. Confident. You already know, I'm sure, that what Satan will tempt you to have doubt, to question whether you're what you should be or whether you're accepted by God. That, he'll, try, he'll attempt to do that. Mm -hmm. But you started out with confidence. Yes, that's right. You started out with confidence. When you were baptized into Christ, you started out with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll stay with you until you throw it away. Oh, that's right. Don't cast away your confidence. Amen. And invariably, the, your confidence is cast away. Cast away means throw, thrown away, yeah. thrown aside. When you get too close to the world, you get too involved with the world, you lose confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You will. This will happen. Right. You know people, I'm sure, that, that this has actually happened. It's because they, they cast away their confidence in other words, they occupied a realm in which God's divine confidence couldn't exist in that realm. There are some places you can go, whether you go to them in your thinking or you go to them in your body, there are some places you go where you can't keep your confidence. You'll invariably compromise. I think of that song, Take Time to Be Holy. It says, Make Friends of God's People. It's a good, good policy. We're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Then he exhorts this again. He says, Cast not away therefore your confidence. Don't throw it away. Because it has great recompense. Or we'd say wages. It has great recompense of reward. People are going to be rewarded by God before an assembled universe and all the holy angels they're going to be rewarded for staying confident Amen. Yes. not throwing it away now back to our text it says we, he has made us for this self same thing you've been born again to occupy that body Amen. That's, right. that's why you've been born yes. again because your your renewed spirit, it's at variance mm -hmm. with this body. So you've been born again to op occupy that body. That's why the resurrection from the dead is a precious consideration. Amen. That's right. That's when we're going to have a mm -hmm. temple to live in that for which we're being suited or fitted. Right. Now, you, do you see why he says, love not the world? Mm -hmm. Because it causes you to be not adapted for that, right. for that body. 
Be holy, for I'm holy. Do you see why it says that? It's because we're, we're, he's made you to occupy a body that's altogether holy. And if you're unholy, you can't you can't occupy that body for, with profit at all. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Why? Because you're made for another body. That's why. Yes, amen. So now, what we have now in the body of Christ, we have a an environment in which your spirit can express itself. Yes. That's one of the great benefits of the body of Christ. You have blessed thoughts that have edified. You can you can share them. Mm -hmm. You want to do good. You can you can do the most good to the people of God. Mm -hmm. The body of Christ is a place where your renewed man can express itself yes. and be fully at home in that in that environment. Amen. Well, those are things to think about, brethren, that that I think about. When the world uh, agitates you, you're on the right track. You're on the right track. He that has made us for the self-same thing is God. How about that? He who has made us for the self-same thing that resurrection body yes, right. is God, yes. who has also given us the Holy Spirit yes. to help us yes. prepare to Amen. occupy that heavenly home. Amen.